if somebody may have had trickling thoughts in their mind to try therapy, but they just don't know what it is, what could they do maybe as the first steps to understand it a bit more or see what the benefits would be? Mm. I think the first bit, the first step would be to, to go online and do a search for a therapist and have an initial conversation. There are many therapists out there where you don't have to kind of sign up for therapy straight away. I like that. I like a taster or put your foot getting wet. Yeah, and then you're then kind of locked into it. There are some organizations that don't offer that, but some organizations and individual therapists that do. So you can have have an initial Mm. um, conversation with them. And I think there's like a 15 minute kind of slot where you can have like a- Yes, like a free consultation. You are listening to Think Tenacity Podcast, www.thinktenacity.com. Thank you for choosing to press play. I'm your podcast host, Bella Rareweld, international mental health motivational speaker. I'm privileged and honoured today to launch a brand new series on Think Tenacity Podcast. I hope this series will inspire you to have a better understanding to what therapy is and how therapy can boost and improve your mental health. If it's okay with you, I'd like to take just a few moments to share with you my passion and my motivation to why I have created this brand new series for you. Last year, 2021, I received funding from the Royal Borough of Kensington and Chelsea to run a black mental health workshop. This mental health workshop was opened by Councillor Orion Aruti, whose catchment ward area is Holland Park. Something wonderful for your ears and your mind. Mixing business with pleasure. So it's time to sit back and relax, become inspired, where you will hear content of our Zoom online Black Mental Health Workshop. Please enjoy. If you have any questions with regards to this podcast series, please drop me an email to podcast at thinktenacity.com. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce Councillor Orion Aruti. Stella, thank you very much for the introduction and thank you very much for putting this together. I'm very pleased and honoured to open this event as part of uh, RBKZ Wellbeing Programmes. Uh, making time for Black mental health and celebrating Black business for Black History Month. May I also thank all the fellow speakers who are probably experts in this field. I'm not an expert. I've got a lot to learn and I look forward to this event. As you know, um, as you, some of you might have known that I'm 
councillor uh, for Holland Ward, which is which covers Holland Park, and I also sit on the board of the Equality, Diversity and Inclusion. So the group basically looks at the council's framework of how well we can improve our standards and you know promote equality and inclusion in all the council services, all the council activities and work with our stakeholders. And so this is a great link. This event is a great link between what I do, what the council does and how we serve our borough. And I can see some, some of our partners in the meeting and the residents in the meeting. So this, this, is, this is a great celebration not just for the council, but all, all the stakeholders who are involved in this meeting. And let me tell you, mental health is a very important, um, I would say, uh, important issue in one's life. If you're mentally strong enough, you could do literally anything and have the confidence to do well in your life. But sadly, mental health is not seen as a suffering because people only look at how you look um, physically well, you know, they look at um, it, it, mental health is basically something inside. So I think it's being ignored. And so events like this would create awareness, educate people on mental health and will definitely change people's attitude towards mental health and break that stigma. And I would rather start because I'm not an expert in this field. So I would rather hear from you guys. But let me tell you something, Bella, you've done fantastically well. I've known you professionally very well. Uh, you've been, you've impressed a lot of, um, you know, a, a lot of people that I've got involved in historically. Um, you've spoken at the parliament where I was one of the speakers. You, you've spoken in America. You've spoken in many events where a lot of people inspired from your story itself, where you, you have broken the barrier um, and then came up all the way on your own without any support. So that's inspirational to me um, and obviously to many of my colleagues who have met you before. So that's it. I'll stop there and I look forward to the event and learn a lot from you speakers. Thank you very much. Coming up next. One of the things we encourage is that black people should have access to therapists and counselors. So the question is, do you think that black people would benefit from having access to black therapists and counselors? Um, do you think that would benefit people in the community? I think it's very important for uh, black people to have access to black therapists. I do think that relationship within the therapeutic world is really important for recovery as well. Um, if you've got somebody that looks like you, and, and I'm not suggesting that because you know you because you are of the same race that you will have an understanding of that person's you know inner and outer outer world. I'm not suggesting that by far, but um, what I am saying is that sometimes when you have somebody who looks like you and if you can really engage with that person, it makes a whole host of difference to the way that your recovery process can actually happen as well. One of the things that I was thinking about earlier as, as, um, as the others were talking as well was that 
why or where has the attitude come from that actually as the community within black people that we don't seek you know uh, help and support for our mental well-being and actually you know I have to say this but there is the issue of systemic racism that has been out there for generation upon generation and and there is a lack of if you like culturally sensitive treatment by providers so there are some organizations that provide therapy that provide input but but be, be, because there is a lack of cultural sensitivity around that it plays a big um, part, if you like, in really um, solidifying that actually therapy is not for black people. Um, I also think that it's not really, what's the word I want to use? Um, it's not really normalized in that way, if you like, that, 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 that we as black people should seek therapy within our own community. So therefore within the wider cultural you know, um, context, it's, it seems more accessible to uh, people who are not ethnic minorities. But I do think that it is very important. Yeah, I really do. I do agree with you because it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because lots of um, black people go into professions that help and support people, but then we don't want to access help and support. It's kind of, you know, <laughs> a crazy balancing act. And when you think of... Um, back home, Caribbean, Africa, um, you don't really hear people talk about they've gone to the therapist. I mean, Western world, America, very normal to go to therapy. Um, we're starting to get like that here in the UK. Um, but, you know, when you go back home, you're not hearing those people say, oh, yes, you know, um, something's going on in the family we're going to you're going to access some therapy even you know bereavement it's very um it's quite a big thing in the black community like losing people um and you'd think that you know that would encourage us to seek professional help and support but we normally end up peer-to-peer family-to-family the village which there's nothing wrong with that because you're still accessing support but some people need a bit more of a professional help and support. Seek help from within the black community as well. Sometimes they see it as a failure or it's, you know, there's, or there's something wrong with you. It's, it's an imperfection or something like that. So, you know, we need to give each other permission that actually this is okay. This is something that is good for us as well. It's not that we are weak, that we have to go out and seek help. It's actually quite strong of a person to go outside and seek help for their mental well-being as well. It's really interesting, this um, question. And I've done an awful lot of training with quite a lot of black church leaders, which has been quite interesting because quite a lot of black communities reach out to the church for help and support. But the church might not necessarily understand or agree with mental illness even being a thing. And I've done quite a lot of work within some communities where we've had to broach the subject of mental ill health, mental illness and spirituality being two totally different things. But being able to live, you know, or coexist within that, but having the, the knowledge to understand when an intervention is perhaps necessary versus when it is something that you could perhaps get support through normal 
community supportive needs um and that's always been quite difficult and i remember one particular uh bishop he was long retired and he has profound mental ill health now and he said because of years of people uploading their problems and difficulties to him he never found a way to download that stuff and unfortunately as a result of that like i said he lives with some seriously profound mental ill health as a result of constantly hearing people difficulties within the church but not having anywhere to look after himself so you know there are so many different caveats i i, I suppose in this field where that level of knowledge and education needs to be kind of spread so that we all know which bit we can kind of intervene in so yeah fascinating question i think the other thing is like we're talking about um it's black history month we're also talking about black businesses and one of the things that um like really strongly advocate for is clinical supervision and it's really important you know people go to work every day it's quite a big part of their lives and some people do roles that involve them having that just like you spoke about that bishop people are giving you all their issues and ongoing things even if you manage staff even if you're not directly supporting the public if you manage staff you are also supporting people, which will include their mental health and well-being. And so you will also need a space and an outlet to deal with that. So um, that's really important part of like, you know, um, especially if you run a business or you work in an organisation where, you know, you are you support others unbeknown to you. You're taking in things you know, that then you now need to go and offload. And um, this is a really interesting one. Um, for me, one of the, it's in response to what Joanne said, that was not as a community not seeking um, mental health support. And from my experience, I think, especially within the women, um, um, our, well, my mom and I've seen my aunties were just, they had to manage, you know, they're overtired, they just have to manage. Um, and my mom's, um, she's passed now. And when she passed, it came to, to me that she was holding a lot of baggage and it explained a lot. But that's because she just had to be a strong woman. Um, and also with being a Christian, how did she tell anyone that this is affecting her? So there's just so much work to be done because of what we've seen um, from our, you know, aunties, mothers, fathers, just dealing with things um, that needs to be broken. So even now, um, if I'm to seek um, mental health support or if I'm feeling stressed, being open with your children, you know, like how we would say, oh, I've just booked a GP appointment, I'm going to the GP. Um, I think it's okay to, for us to say, oh, I've, I'm, I'm having a therapy session. And, you know, um, full disclosure, because I'm starting wanting to be more vulnerable. And I think that's my part in playing for the community is that um, I when I founded my business I recently had a breakdown which I didn't know what it was and um, it was a lot and um, it was completely different to working and it was just overburdening on me and I did start therapy and one of the things is I was hiding it from my kids when I was having my therapy session I was like that's not normal so now I say I'm having a therapy session and um, I've got my therapy session and to them now it's normal you know I just said I'm seeking therapy just to go over certain thoughts and feelings and you know 
that's what I deserve. So I think it's like Bella said, making it more luxury. It's what we deserve. It's what any of us deserve. Um, you deserve it. You deserve to have a safe space um, to talk about your thoughts and feelings and um, somewhere where you just put everything down. It doesn't sound silly. It's, you know, and just so that you can continue and be healthy for your loved ones and for yourself. So it's what it's what we deserve. Somewhere to take the pain away. If you had a something wrong with your leg or whatever, you'd want the pain to go away. And it's the same thing when it's in your when it's in your mind. Like um, Danielle said earlier, you know, something's wrong with my brain. Something's not working properly here. Can I, you know let me get some help to fix it? So I'm going to move on to the next question, which is, um, do you think members of the community would benefit from something like what Daniel was talking about earlier, which is mental health first aid, educating ourselves with what mental health um you know issues are and how we can overcome them for more mental health tips and to see how you can improve your well-being visit www.thinktenacity.com and sign up to our newsletter follow us on social media by searching think tenacity educating people is so important because what education does it gives them you know, power to then uh, be in control of changing things for themselves. It gives them power for changing their own, you know, they, because sometimes when you have mental health, and I can't remember if Danielle or Monique said this, but you feel like you're out of control and it feels like that it has control over you. So in terms of, so when you can educate yourself about your own physiological well-being, your own psychological well-being, and think about those things in the environment or within yourself that can trigger you. So learning about yourself, educating yourself, it gives you power. They say knowledge is power, and it really is quite powerful. So I think, yes, that the kind of education that um, Daniel is talking about, equipping people with information, with tools to be able to enable themselves to make change is the most powerful thing because they can come to us and we can give them information, but we can't actually change them. People can only change themselves. So we can give them information, we can give them tools, we can give them strategies, but they still have to go away and implement it. They have to do it. So therefore learning about your own mental health is absolutely key, absolutely key. Stay connected. Black mental health is an unequal world. Why is there stigma? Any of your thoughts on that question? If somebody is saying something not quite in tune with a conversation or something which you disagree with, the phrase, are you mad? actually comes trotting out quite frequently. So already there's a setback there because there's a common misapprehension, there's a common misconception that, for example, if you have a, a mental health or mental ill health, that uh, you are quote unquote mad. And we know the complexities of mental ill health, getting it back though to bipolar and getting it back to stigma and getting it back to is there uh, a lot more that we can do? Yes, but as a whole, not just one part doing its thing and us doing another. My research is found on gov.uk. One in four black people from the black communities do not share their mental health issues. Why do you think that is? Well, I mean, I think there's, there's a lot of... Um, 
distrust, I think, between health professionals and the black community. Um, and I think many of us kind of turn to, to family and friends mm -hmm. because, because in our minds, it's a better option. Um, but I, I feel that sometimes because of the lack of education that family and friends have, mm. we become, it's not always helpful to kind of go to, to families and friends. I feel sometimes that people in the black communities feel like they're not feeling really listened to or really understood by some of the healthcare professionals they might feel judged or wrongly diagnosed is a, is a huge fear that really hinders people from, from speaking out. Um, I think sometimes there is a belief that um, professionals just don't understand, if you like, the experience that we as Black people have of, of racism. Absolutely, yes. And discrimination yes. and equality, because I think each of those can lead to us having psychological problems. Mm -hmm. It can add to the that mental health problems, more stress. It's it more really, stress. Yeah, it increases, if you like, out the risk to us of having mental health issues. And yes. that's what people don't really understand. And that's what I think that the black community really um, hold back in going and seeking um, help. Yeah. Yes, you hit that one yeah. time correctly. We are campaigning and fundraising for Black people to have access to Black therapists. Why do you think that's important within the mental health service? I think it's important for us to have access to Black therapists because I think, and this is one thing that I feel really, really passionate about, I think we need for black people to have access to therapists because there is lots of, well, I think there's lots of research, okay, that's been undertaken, if you like, that I feel that don't really take into, um, into consideration how black people are experiencing symptoms and treatments. A lot of the research out there, usually the um, the candidates for those research are a lot of white people, if you like. So I think that it's important for us to um, have access to black therapists because it, we can be part of that demographic or that population that can get our voices out there, that can be part of the research, that can feed back into the training that people have. And I think because there is a lack of many kind of black clients speaking out some of the the findings are culturally skewed if you like do you know and i think by increasing um by increasing the number of culturally competent therapists mm. and psychiatrists may i add psychiatrists as well it could also help ease some of that mistrust that we spoke about oh um, yeah you gave me a tweetable there yeah, if we I, could increase yes i really do if we can increase the number of culturally competent black therapists and psychiatrists it can really um, overcome some of the mistrust that oh, is yes. between, oh, yes. between health professionals and black people. And also, I do think that 
there's a high proportion, if you like, of the therapeutic relationship mm-hmm. that, that is attributed to change. And I think if you're going to someone who you feel listened to and heard by, but also looks like you, <laughs> that's going to help increase the prognosis for change. For more mental health tips and to see how you can improve your well-being, visit www.thinktenacity.com and sign up to our newsletter. Follow us on social media by searching Think Tenacity. What would you like more people to know about accessing help via if it's psychotherapist or therapy or counselling to know more about the industry that they may not know? I mean, one of the things I think that people don't know is that... um, because see, people are quite fearful of talking. Um, and I think, again, both adolescents, uh, well, I think young children as well. So across the lifespan, people are quite, are quite fearful of talking. And so one of the things that I really want to put out there is that, yes, there can be, it is scary, but once you get going, once you kind of trust the process, once you begin to kind of open up, it can be also helpful because you can overcome the fear because I think people think that it's going to make them feel much more worse if they mm. begin to talk about something. They will feel like it's, 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 so it's better to kind of brush it aside or put it under yes. the carpet because if you yes. talk about it, you'll feel worse initially yes you will feel worse because what you're doing is you're confronting those very issues that you are so worried and so fearful about Um, but when you confront something that you're so fearful about the confrontation that you have with it can show you that you can also survive it and that you can overcome it so I think I'd really like people to kind of hear that Yes, it is fearful going, but once you begin to engage in the process, your worst fear will be diminished. Keep listening for the best advice, inspiration and call to action to get you on the road to where you want to be. Hello, my name is Antonia Cajun Moses and I'm the founder of Big Outreach. And we are a charity that supports parents, new and young mothers um, who many who may have experienced um, post-traumatic symptoms, anxiety or mental health as um, as a uh, as a result of losing a child. And so we we're not a therapeutic service. What we provide is uh, opportunity for people to come together and join a community and talk about their experiences. Um, So definitely this is one area that I can definitely say there is a stigma. So for me as as a person who also have experienced pregnancy loss more than once um, in 2018 when my daughter was born stillbirth, there was a tendency to not talk about it because that's what I grew up um, with um, growing up as a young person and seeing someone that was very close to me um, going through uh, an an episode of having a a mental health breakdown and and 
the um, approach was, you know, is a spiritual matter. There's always that tag to it. It's always a spiritual matter. And there was, it, the issue wasn't actually addressed. And the person eventually developed, you know, deep depression um, through adulthood. So I grew up in an environment where it was, there was a culture of silence. And I was looking into this and I was trying to think, why was this there a culture of silence? Why is there a need for us to be quiet and silenced about the things that we are experiencing? If we can actually get support and have access to different resources. And I was looking at the history um, of you know slavery and things that had happened in the past um, um, in terms of you know people being raped um, and people going through some traumatic experiences and they were not allowed to speak about it. They were just told to be silent about it. And also the approach that, you know, black people don't have mental health um, ex um, breakdown because we're so strong and we, we can handle it. And all that plays into the narrative that, you know, we don't experience these things. These things are not the norm in our society, which is totally not correct. Because where I come from in Nigeria, um, till today, I can tell you organizations that have gone into those communities, trying to help people bring more awareness to um, mental health issues. You still have families locking up children in a room um, who have mental health issues and they lock them up in there all day, not having access to, you know, support that they need. And, and so um, there is a, an element of shame. There is an element of um, um, it is not normal. And so we don't need to allow people to see this because when people see this, they think that, you know, it's as, as a result of something that we have done. And so working with mothers and women and families that have experienced um, pregnancy loss, you know, I, I remember speaking to a, um, a young woman who just um, had that experience. She was in the hospital. She had lost her daughter, born stillbirth, and she was you know, distressed about this situation and what she was being told. And she was, she was, um, they were asking her questions about how she, um, they were asking us questions about, you know, the funeral arrangements and what does she want to happen? And her mom and external family were saying no. Um, we don't parents um, a, pa a parent do not bury their child therefore we don't feel like you need to actually get yourself involved in this allow you know allow them to sort it out and don't um, attend and she was very distressed because her choice was to go to this but she because there was a cultural um, um, stance there was a, a tradition that has been you know practiced over generations she was told that's not the best option and that's exactly what happened to me as well and I had to make a decision for myself so when I spoke to her it was about what do you want to do, do you, is this what you want to do if this is what you want to do then you choose to do that so there are many many factors um, that contribute to this stigma 
is historical. There's generational trauma that's been passed down from generation to generation um, and not actually been addressed and dealt with. There's an element of, you know, our religious institutions who are not um, willing to partner with professional um, organization to equip their members, equip their counselors, because what they what they term as counseling within the church is not, you know, is not what counseling is. Um, and so we, I think that there has to be a combination of different agencies and organizations working together so that we can actually start helping people. If you have any questions with regards to this podcast series, please drop me an email to podcast at thinktenacity.com. You're listening to Think Tenacity Podcast, www.thinktenacity.com. Did you know Think Tenacity Podcast is proudly sponsored by rareworldremovals.co.uk for all your home and office removal needs. Whether you're moving a single item, moving home or moving office location, our professional drivers with over 13 years experience will be able to help you with any of your removal needs with an outstanding low-cost hour rate. Receive a quote today. Visit rareworldremovals.co.uk. You can follow us on social media, searching Rare World Removals. Follow us on Instagram, search Rare World Removals.